Good afternoon, Samantha Isler. Welcome on VH Berries. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here <laughs> and to chat. I feel very honored that you wanted to have me on. I feel very special. So thank you. Absolutely. I am probably part of the top three person, the most grateful person in the entire Milky Way galaxy, oh excluding the Andromeda galaxy. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so excited. You're very busy at the moment. You're very rare. How are you doing these days? I'm doing wonderful. You know, life has been so interesting and different, I think, for everyone after the pandemic. Um, I think, you know, everyone's professional lives changed a lot. I think everyone's personal lives changed a lot. Um, and it allowed me to do a lot of, you know, self-reflection, uh, spend time with the people that mean the most to me, spend time with my family and in, in my hometown. And so, you know, I think I've learned a lot about myself. And I think a lot of us, you know, kind of fell victim to this crazy routine of going, going, going. And for better or for worse, the pandemic kind of forced everybody to stop and do a lot of thinking. Kind of, we were really just left to our own minds for a while. And so, you know, I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. But it's been such an interesting, interesting time. But um, I think in a way, we're all kind of slowly kind of turning that curve. Uh, of kind of feeling like life is back to normal a little bit. So just trying to, you know, not take anything for granted and just be really present and enjoy moments like this. So it's kind of what I've, what I've been thinking about a lot. Samantha Isler, you're slowly turning the curve, <laughs> as you just mentioned. And I would love to start by making a parallel and a metaphor with a sport. Do you play tennis? Do I play tennis? I don't play tennis. I wish I did play tennis. My sister is an incredible, or used to be an incredible tennis player. Maybe I shouldn't have said used to be. <laughs> but um, no, I wish I played tennis, but I don't. I'd love to hear the rest of the metaphor. <laughs> I am telling you this, Samantha Isler, because when I'm taking a look at your filmography and journey, I feel that I am sitting in the front seat of the Cours Philippe Chatrier during a, fil a tennis match, watching, for example, uh, Captain Fantastic playing with Molly Games. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that'd be quite that'd be quite a matchup. They're so different. I don't know. I don't know which one would come out on top. That's funny. <laughs> it would be a match between two of those two characters by uh, confronting, for example, Kielir with the young version of Molly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel, oh, wow. <laughs> Kieler and the young version of Molly. I kind of, I'm, my odds are a little bit on young Molly. Young Molly Bloom. And young Molly Bloom was, is real. Molly Bloom is one of the strongest women out there. She's super cool. And I think young Molly... Might, 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 might win in a matchup against Keeler, but they're both strong women. And for that, I'm so thankful I get to play strong women or have gotten to play strong women on television. So that's pretty cool. The young version of Molly might win because she already has a huge background in, for example, skiing, yes. which requires 
very fast movement and reflex, for example, in order to see the ball and to uh, smash it into Killeer's <laughs> port of the court. Yes, in that way, I mean, they're both so strong. You have Keeler, who's been like trained in the woods by her father and family, can rock climb, can uh, fend for herself. So she's pretty strong, but then Molly definitely has like the technique. So I don't know. I'd love to see the matchup. <laughs> I would love to see the match out, <laughs> Samantha Isler, but I would also add another condition to the environment of the tennis match, mm -hmm. because I feel that Kelir would win if we are in Wimbledon, because there is grass, mm -hmm. which is one of the key elements of <laughs> Captain Fantastic, because the movie was shot outdoor, um, mainly in mm -hmm. the wood. Yes, it It was. We spent <laughs> our entire summer in the woods, which was honestly the most incredible experience. And uh, that was such a unique uh, situation when it came to filming. To be almost exclusively outdoors is what it felt like and on the road, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, lots of grass, like you said. So I guess <laughs> that would make sense. Absolutely. And Samantha Isler, can you tell us a little bit more about the beginnings and how, for example, this project called Captain Fantastic started on your side? Because this is one of the most influential feature film and release of the past decade. Wow. Well, that's really sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, that means so much uh but yeah back to the beginning i say that like i'm you know not still i still feel like i'm such a child but uh i guess you know it all kind of started while i was growing up you know i just i felt like i was always meant to just perform or at least maybe that's a very articulate way of saying it maybe i just really liked playing dress up and pretend and luckily actors just get to do that child or adult So I always knew I loved to just kind of put on a costume, use a different voice and be somebody else. And I'm so thankful that I had a family that was very supportive of that. You know, they never made my dreams feel small. They never made my interests feel silly, you know, and um, they allowed me to do activities to kind of hone in on those crafts. I got to be involved in a lot of, you know, local theater growing up dance, piano lessons, you know, I felt like I was always being creative and I didn't really realize there was more you can do than that. I, I didn't realize you could be in movies or on television, you know, when you're a kid and you're watching your favorite movie, those people just almost live in the screen. So I, I didn't know that that was something that could be done. I don't think my family really knew that that was something that was possible. And when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I went to an acting workshop um, about an hour away from where I live in Oklahoma, down in Oklahoma City, and met a wonderful coach named Michelle DeLong, who I owe my life to. Uh, her and my mother, <laughs> I owe them my lives. But, um, <laughs> you know, Michelle saw something in me at the time. I feel like when I was 10, I was such a little wild child, but I was, you know, confident and I knew it's what I, I wanted to do. And she 
enlightened, you know, my family and I and told us that this is something that can be pursued, that can be achieved. And, you know, she gave me wonderful critiques and told me that, you know, she would kind of help me, kind of help me pave, she would pave the way for me and kind of show me, show me the ropes. And so, you know, I started taking classes with her and learning more about acting and film and television and, you know, public speaking. And, you know, slowly, you know, she connected me with some of her contacts in Los Angeles. And, you know, I wish I could say I had this really kind of crazy story of how it all came to be, but I feel like I was lucky. I was in the right place at the right time and got connected with some wonderful people in Los Angeles who, you know, took hold of my hand at, you know, 12 and 13 years old. I got signed pretty quickly and then I just kind of started moving. You know, I started doing auditions from home. I'd go to school and <laughs> do auditions and go back to school and I'd travel for work. And one thing led to another and I got, you know, my first big role, I would say, after a few smaller things here and there was a sitcom on NBC I did, Sean Saves the World. And that was an incredible experience. And, you know, Captain Fantastic shortly followed. So I feel so fortunate to have gotten you know, lucky in the ways that I have and to have worked with people I have, you know, I don't know what I did to deserve it, but um, I'm very lucky to be here. And paving the road, Samantha Eastler, is ideal in the city, but not in the wood, because <laughs> you would destroy the entire forest. And yeah. if I understood correctly, Samantha Eastler, you had very supportive uh, parents and I can make a connection obviously with the father in the movie because he is very devoted to make um, those six young children's extraordinary adults. Yes. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. That's such <laughs> a... The, 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 the Vigo Mortensen's character in Captain Fantastic who played my father along with Um, the five other wonderful actors that played my brothers and sisters um, was such a complex character and was such a supportive parent in so many ways, but also fell short in so many ways. And I think, you know, while the film has all these beautiful and fantastical and almost um, unrelatable elements, you know, as far as, you know, living in the woods and, and, and being off the grid and being extraordinarily brilliant You know, at the end of the day, it's a film about being a parent. It's a film about making choices as a parent. For younger people, it's it's uh, learning to to uh, make your own own path and make your own decisions. And so, in that way, it's such a, it's such a relatable film. And uh, yes, but Vigo on screen and off screen is such a supportive individual. Um, I, I feel like all the, all the actors that have played my dads thus far, I've had more actors that have played dads than have played my moms. So, uh, <laughs> I've worked with, you know, you know, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of dads and, um, all of them, Vigo included, have been incredibly supportive on and off the screen for sure. And Samantha Eastler, what is your definition of complexity? That word, that very powerful word that you just mentioned, because... <laughs> Behind uh, your character and, for example, uh, the frog that is following you and the dream catcher always near your bed, there is a real complexity and philosophy behind it. 
Uh, yeah, the word complexity, which I use a lot, uh, but I try to always, I always try to always mean it. It's just when, you know, it's something that's not, you know, black or white. Um, you know, when I did Captain Fantastic, we had to do a lot of press, had to do, we got to do a lot of press. It was such a luxury. It was so incredible. Got to travel and do a lot of amazing things. And one thing, Matt Ross, our wonderful, uh, director and, and leader of that film would always say is that, you know, nothing in this world is black or white. A lot of things are utterly gray. And I think the word complexity shows that, you know, when there's depth to something, when there's so many layers to something, um, I look for that in my friendships. I look for that in my work. I, I, you know, try to be, everyone's complex. I don't try to be complex. Everyone is complex. We're all, we're all humans. You know, we have so many layers to us and so many different versions of ourselves. And so, you know, when I talk about work and I say it's complex, because I don't think all, you know, content that is made, not everything has multiple layers, not everything has depth, and that's okay. There's a, totally a space for that. But I think when you can find projects and you can find people uh, that create beautiful films and television that are not black or white, but they're gray, uh, I think that's a really cool thing to be a part of. Furthermore, Samantha Isler, there is one individual who I believe personally has more complexity than your character, which is your younger sister in the movie, because it was a very bad idea to ask your younger sister, what do you know? Do you know what a fascist is? Because she's then giving you a completely <laughs> long essay about it. Yes, no, um, Shree Crooks and Charlie Shotwell, who played uh, our younger brother and sister in the film, the two the two little blondies were are so talented, are immensely talented. And in my mind, they're still, you know, seven and nine years old, and now they're full teenagers. Some of them are taller than me. Uh, but the, yeah, again, like I said, in real life, they are such brilliant children. I can't imagine anybody else that could have even played those roles as well as they did. And in that film, I was so lucky to work with the people that I worked with. You know, um, George Mackay, who played the oldest brother, had his own story unfolding, and Nicholas Hamilton, and, and Annalise Basso, who played my twin. I loved what we got to do, you know, with our connection and our characters. And Shree and Charlie, in many ways, are the two little ones stole the show, and I was so happy for them because they are so talented and funny and got to be as brilliant on screen as they are off screen. And that is all a testament to the writing and complex writing and thought-provoking writing, which is always what I look for, what any actor can hope for, for sure. And now moving forward, Samantha Eastler, you have, as the days and the weeks and months progresses, you have more keys to unlock those complexity in uh, the scripts, for example, and the language, because you are now a holder of a degree in English. Yes, um, I, I am. I, I do. <laughs> I do have a degree. It's so exciting. I feel like I need to put it on a frame on the wall because it is a big deal. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for my. I am happy for myself. You know. Yes, I got a degree in in English and. It kind of just consisted of a lot of reading and writing. And for me, I found it to be one of the most 
wholesome avenues I could have took during, you know, my college career because I got to study language, I got to study art, I got to study history and literature and written word and spoken word. And I developed my own writing skills. I feel like I just also, my brain just got 10 times bigger during it all. And I'm so thankful I had wonderful professors at the University of Kansas who had such a heart for art. Um, And I got to be around so many students who loved art in the way I did. And that was one of my favorite parts about college was, you know, being able to sit in a room with 15 other people and talk about an incredible poem or an essay or a film or a book. And uh, I do, like you said, I feel like it's given me the keys in ways. I feel like it's given me tools to strengthen myself as an actor, which is what I hoped would happen when I kind of, you know, stepped away from, you know, acting and for a bit to really focus on school. And I'm so glad that, you know, I, I'm still confident and happy with that decision because I, you know, knew acting was always what I was want, wanted to do and want to do and writing and directing and all of the amazing things that come with, with film. But it was so important for me to just to just step away and just to learn for a bit, to not do anything else but learn about my life, about myself, you know, to learn uh, in school. And so I feel like it has done nothing but good things for me kind of as I re-enter the world of the business that I truly love. So, yeah, thank you for bringing up my my degree. <laughs> This degree, of course, means a lot. And in opposition of the complexity, for example, of the language, lang- English language, there is the simplicity with one word, which is the sun. I mentioned it before with the outdoor uh, recording that took place, for example, uh, during an entire summer. But there is also uh, this personal relationship that you have uh, built with Oklahoma, and the sun, because Oklahoma is a U.S. state that is, for example, very near Texas, so <laughs> in the middle with a lot of uh, sunlight. Yes, there's a lot of sunlight. There's, you know, a lot of joy for me in Oklahoma. At the end of the day, it's it's where I was, I was born and raised. I'll always be an Oklahoma girl, and I think, you know, there's a beauty in finding happiness around you. And I'm so thankful that I have the family here that I do. I have the friends that I do and the life that I've created here. It gives me such a wonderful foundation. And, you know, when I was going to school in a different place, when I travel for work and for meetings, it always gives me the sense of home. It gives me something to return to. It's very different than the entertainment business. It's it's not a hub for for film quite yet, although, you know, a lot of things are changing here. But I do find joy in 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 simplicity. I think I think you have to. I think a lot of us, especially young people, get really caught up in this idea of the search of something exciting and the search of something more meaningful, and I think you can find meaning and purpose and joy wherever you are. And I've, I've truly found that here in Oklahoma. And, you know, I feel fortunate that with the job I have and with acting that I get to travel 
to beautiful places, to places I've never been, and I have gotten to have these amazing experiences. And so I understand that that's not everybody's reality and why why people do, you know, have the itch to leave their hometown and discover something new. Uh, but personally, just for me, I feel like it's kind of given me the best of the best of both worlds. And I, I'm so happy to be here. You know, um, it's, it's, it's a simple life, but it's a great life. And I get to enjoy the craziness that is, you know, Los Angeles, uh, here and there, you know, when I go out there for meetings or work or weekends and things like that. Um, but it is really nice to kind of have that home base you get to come home to that just truly makes you feel love, loved and supported. And it kind of makes me feel like a person. It makes me remember that I'm a human being like everybody else. And I'm not, you know, wrapped up in this crazy world that, you know, definitely can be the <laughs> entertainment business. It kind of, it's not super in touch with, with reality. It's a beautiful business and it provides, it provides entertainment for everybody in every capacity, whether you love to watch people cry or people fall in love or cars explode or whatever it is, you know, movies provide that for everybody. Um, but there is a sense when you're in that business and in that world, it can feel very surreal and you can kind of get lost in it. So I, I like that I can come home and, and remember just who I am and that, you know, life is normal. So Life and normal. And you had the hitch, uh, as you just mentioned. And where are you, Samantha Isler, in the pursuit of freedom and of what I can call the paradise that Ben wanted. I am again making a connection with um, the future film. Yeah, I, oh, what is this? this is such a sweet question. You know, I think for a long time, you know, when you're young and you're an actor and in the entertainment business, and I'll by no means say I was a child star because I, I wasn't and I can't comprehend that lifestyle. But I was young and I knew what it meant to kind of be in an adult world and to, you know, deal with traveling and money and meetings and all these crazy things. And it's exciting. It's wonderful to feel successful at a young age, but also sometimes you begin to just equate your worth with that. And I think it was hard for me in ways when I chose to step away and go to college to really, you know, put a stop to what I felt was a really snowballing career. I felt very lucky. I kind of got to get to do one amazing project and it would just kind of flow into the next. And in a way I put my foot down and said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I want to just rest my mind in ways. I want to have a normal experience and went to college and kind of still entertained the thought of, you know, having meetings and I would do auditions here or there. Uh, but I really just wanted to focus on school and, you know, I, I did that and I finished school and I accomplished it. And then it was, you know, now what? Now I want to go back and do all the things I was doing, but, you know, I stopped the ball when it was rolling and how do you get it to roll again? And I think the pandemic really forced me to do a lot of reflecting and realizing that my worth does not um, depend on the success or any of my achievements. And I think 
that's where you'll find happiness and joy and peace and just finding purpose in every day, you know, and I'm still acting and I still have exciting things coming up. Um, but you know, it's finding purpose in the, in between, you know, I enjoy writing and I, and I try to do that. That's something I can control. I spend time with my family, with my grandparents, my sister, my best friends, I I enjoy I enjoy the little things and I think that's where you'll find paradise and you'll find happiness is when you're not always searching for success or searching for money or searching for tomorrow. I think you have to find joy in today and if you find joy in today, tomorrow's looks pretty bright. And so it's taken me time to get to that point, but now I can like look back on the past and be very proud of myself, look to the future and be excited and work hard right now and enjoy today you know I woke up this morning and all I could think about was talking to you and how excited I was for that because <laughs> that's all I have to worry about today tomorrow's a new tomorrow's a new day <laughs> absolutely that's beautiful uh, and uh, I would love to discuss about Another project that I mentioned a lot since a since the beginning, because you were uh, letting that tennis ball rolling in the game, but in what game? In Molly's games. <laughs> yes, uh, Molly's game. I'm, it's still so <laughs> surreal that I got to be a part of that. I'm also I'm loving your segues and your transitions here from one project to another. They're wonderful. I love the segues. I love the, a good pun. So these are great, but. Yes, Molly's game uh, came, you know, just a few years after Captain Fantastic did. And again, such a surreal experience. You know, I got to play a younger version of Jessica Chastain, who is incredible on and off the screen. Uh, we got to see each other sometimes in passing in the makeup trailer and things like that. And I got to work with Kevin Costner. And even saying these words aloud, I still don't even think I fully process what they mean but um and working with Aaron Sorkin you know I pray I get to work with him again in my life because it was such an incredible experience and for that it is pretty cool I get to say I, I was in a Sorkin film um but it was totally new experience for me you know um it was definitely a, a big production uh financially and you know, the people that were involved, it kind of felt like the largest thing I, I had been a part of. And at the same time, it felt very comfortable because everyone was so professional and well and wonderful, you know, and I've always said that when you're acting opposite of an incredible actor, it never feels like you're acting. So I was obviously anxious on the days that we would film, just making sure I could keep up with the amazing people that were around me. Uh, but Aaron made it really easy. Kevin made it easy because he just can click into character so quickly. And Aaron Sorkin has such a specific way of writing. I think if you're a fan of film, you you can you know pick up Aaron Sorkin dialogue anywhere. You can watch a film and know that he's behind <laughs> the words. But that's how he speaks. He's incredibly intelligent and smart. And uh, so you know when I first got that audition. I knew how important the dialogue was. I knew his rhythm. I knew what to look for and just was so <laughs> grateful that I got to go in and I got to audition for him as well. And I was terrified because I wanted the part so badly. And I remember 
as I left the audition, uh, he ran into the hallway and he asked me if I had ever had red hair before, which I thought was a really good sign because I was like, if he's running into the hall after an audition asking if I've had red hair, that means he's wondering <laughs> what I'll look like if I have red hair in the movie. So that was a good sign because, you know, of course, Jessica has her beautiful, fiery red hair. And um, I, you know, flew home from California after that audition, didn't hear anything for a while, got home from school one day and found out I got the part and uh, we got to film in Canada, which was super exciting. It was my second time to go up there and work. And it was surreal. It was an incredible thing to be part of. And I got to see it for the first time at the 2017 Toronto Film Festival, Toronto International Film Festival. And it was, again, one of the coolest things I, I've gotten to be a part of. And just reminds me how lucky I am to just work with cool people, with creative people, and to just dress up and pretend you're somebody you're not for a few hours a day. A few hours a day. Many hours a day. But uh, Molly's Game is something I'm so proud of in such a different way than I'm proud of Captain Fantastic. Those are the two projects, uh, two projects of mine that I hold very dear to my heart. And uh, I, I love the characters I got to play in those movies. And Molly's Game presented its own unique challenge as it was a real story about a real woman who I later got to meet at the premiere. Uh, and we got to exchange a few words, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, they were totally different experiences. And I, and I loved getting to see how different they were. That's very inspiring, Samantha Isler. And you just mentioned Aaron Sorkin, because I'm sure that before, in the past and before uh, shooting that movie, uh, you've watched, for example, The Social Network, which is one of my, uh, which is my favorite movie. And Aaron Sorkin wrote uh, Molly's Game as well as directing it because it is his um, directorial debut. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, Aaron Sorkin is such a like titan in the entertainment industry, especially when it comes to screenwriting and to see him so flawlessly execute being a director and getting to be a part of that was incredible. Um, it being his... Uh, directorial debut for such a big feature was was amazing and he's um, always remained so kind to me and has been a mentor and uh, pretty crazy that I even get to say that but it was so cool getting to see him work getting to see him work with actors and is such just a sweet person and incredibly brilliant and People, like you said, you know, if you, your favorite film is The Social Network, it's people know his work. Um, whether your, your favorite show was Newsroom or The West Wing, or you, you love The Social Network and all these different things he's done, you know, he somehow does it to absolute perfection. And knowing him, he probably never feels like something's quite perfect, but it's been super exciting to see his, you know, trajectory after Molly's Game to then go into, you know, The Trial of the Chicago 7. That was an, an amazing film. Um, and then to to go into the film he did about Lucille Ball, uh, which was such a different kind of film for him. But, you know, his, his Sorkin writing was still right there, sharp as ever. And it's so cool. It's so cool to see somebody like that just utilize their talent in such an amazing way. And I feel lucky that I get to have mentors 
like him that I can reach out to that always give me the most wonderful advice when it comes to this business. I feel so beyond privileged to have had these like master classes with all these different <laughs> amazing people. You know, I've, I've gotten the Kevin Costner master class and the Aaron Sorkin and Matt Ross and Vigo, Sean Hayes, the comedy stuff. When I did Sean Saves the World, you know, I got to work with these mega hilariously talented people and I was totally a fish out of water. Uh, but I've learned so much along the way from from all of these people. I hold them all so dear to my heart. Um, they've they've definitely helped shape me as a person. They've shown me what I want out of this business for sure. Um, and yeah, getting to be a part of a film like Molly's Game really just kind of opened my eyes to to what's out there in the world. And hopefully, I I get to just continue doing films that excite people and make people feel and you know, that are well-written, whether it's funny or it's sad or it's scary. I think, you know, there's quality in all kinds of genres and I'm, I'm excited for, for what's to come for sure. There is quality in all type of genres, Samantha Isler, and I can totally visualize the scene like that. I would say, <laughs> hey, hold on, Sam, did you ever had head hair? What was your answer? <laughs> what was my answer for what was that? If you ever had head hair. Head hair? This, this was the question Aaron Sorkin asked you. Oh, um, oh red hair, yes, yes. Sorry, my, my uh, microphone was glitching. <laughs> okay, I'll restart that here. Um, yes, the question if I ever had red hair. I, of course, was like, yes, because I had I had done Captain Fantastic and had red hair in Captain Fantastic. So it was kind of perfect, kind of all came to be. It was like the perfect thing. I had just done a film with red hair. I did another film with red hair. And the next film, let's hope I don't have to red hair, have to have red hair. But if I do, I'll be excited. That's that's what's to come. Black hair, red hair, white hair. I don't care. I'll shave my head for the right movie. <laughs> Absolutely. And Samantha Isler, one of the points that I uh, truly find inspiring about your journey is Oklahoma. Because as the day of today, you are um, out of uh, the physical place of, for example, California and Hollywood uh, as an outsider. Because today you can do everything remotely, as uh, we are talking right now making audition uh, and sending that through the power of Wi-Fi. And uh, you are an example of that. Oh, well, well, thank you. I, I'm so fortunate that I feel like the business has changed in that way, that you can kind of have a home base somewhere else. And that's not to say that, you know, I'll never go back to California. I feel like living in LA is in my future again, for sure. But I think, you know, there's a, there's, a reason and a season for everything. And I think the <laughs> pandemic has, the pandemic has shown, you know, people in this business, the power, the power of zoom and the power of audition tapes, you know, and that was a lot of stuff I was doing before the pandemic. You know, I went to a regular high school here in Oklahoma. I went to a regular college and not in California and not in New York. And so, you know, when I was younger and I, I would go to school and I would do my auditions in the evening and I would send them off. And if 
they were received well. Sometimes I'd get a call, you know, asking if I could come out to California for a call back or a, a meeting with a director. Um, and so for those reasons, there's, there's, there's always kind of a, a, there's pros and cons, but there's, you know, always a bit of an edge when you're living in the hub of it all. But at the same time, you know, I'm always willing to jump on a plane and that's what I've always, that's what I've always done. And so it's given me an ability to be where I love to be where I'm happy. And I feel like I have such a history already with zoom and audition tapes, um, you know, via FaceTime or phone call and different things like that. So I feel like, you know, when the pandemic came around and for the first time, a lot of people were adjusting to this virtual way of communicating in the business. It's something I kind of was already pretty familiar with. So in that way, I, I felt lucky because I wasn't going from, you know, always doing in-person auditions to now having to try to figure out how to do tapes. It's something I almost kind of perfected my own little recipe for, you know, back in the day. And, and now I kind of have my same system, but yeah, it allows me to be where I love and where I'm happy. And I, and I've gotten to see, you know, the, the arts evolve in Oklahoma in such an amazing way. There's so many incredible productions that have been happening here, uh, films that have been happening here. And so who knows, maybe in 10 years, I'll be in the right place. <laughs> I love the sentence, Samantha Eastler, that you just uh, said. There is a reason and a season for everything. <laughs> I think that we should uh, write that somewhere on a frame or somewhere uh, to remember. On a fridge, for example. Yes, yes. I just need to have it on my mirror every time I'm looking in the mirror. That's what I need to do. There's a reason and a season. It just it, 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 And it's true. I think, you know, I hopefully have a long life ahead of me personally and professionally. And I, I can only hope right now that I just take in every day as, as it comes, you know, some days I have amazing meetings and I'm kind of more busy with work stuff. And then some days I'm just enjoying my personal life and I'm going to the zoo with my grandparents and I'm going to the movies with my friends. And I think there's a reason for that. I think there's a reason that, you know, I'm, living where I'm living right now. I think there's a reason that um, in the chaos of the pandemic, I was able to learn a lot about myself. And now I'm back and I am feel better and ready than ever to get back to doing what I love. You know, I have a few auditions lined up here that I, I'm going to get to here in a, just a few hours. And I have some uh, an exciting film I've been working on that's been in development for a few years now and I'm I cannot wait till you know I can talk about that more so th yeah there is there's a reason for the slower times in life um, and I think you know I was so busy with career for so long that the last few years have been truly wonderful just to just to take a break and to become an adult and, and learn about myself and you know being 18 to 24 is a very pivotal, time-changing age in your life. And so I felt like it was really important that I experienced that growth um, with a really great support system around me. And that's, that's, that's Oklahoma. Um, that's my school in Kansas. Those are my friends and my family. And I have wonderful support from my team in New York and LA. And I feel like uh, I kind of have my head on straight and I'm, and I'm ready to get back to doing what I love. So it's pedal to the metal now, hopefully. 
Absolutely, and Samantha Isler, there is another pivotal uh, element because right now you are more than ever uh, accomplished, if I can use this word, into uh, the English language complexity. And I, uh, I'm wondering if writing is now one of your new interests. Yes, writing is most definitely one of my interests. I write a lot for fun, whether that's just to myself <laughs> or writing poems or essays or whatever, but also screenwriting. And that's something that, um, you know, I'm really trying to focus on right now while I have the time. And I get ideas all the time and so easily. And so I have this list of all the different stories that I'm wanting to put on paper. I spent hours the other day in a coffee shop kind of flushing out a ton of ideas onto my computer. <laughs> I have a screen I have a screenplay that I'm working on and sometimes I get like stressed and I'll put it away for a few weeks and then I miss it and I come back to it. But writing is most definitely one of my passions and it's most definitely in my future if I have a say in it. So hopefully it all kind of comes hand in hand. Hopefully I get to be in something I write one day. Um or have my friends be in something I've written one day or get advice from some of the amazing screenwriters I've worked with. I have a lot of people I can turn to for advice, producers, directors, writers. So that stuff is definitely, definitely in my future, I'd say. <laughs> Please, Samantha Isler, don't use those two words, uh, flushing out, because it reminds me of a scene in one of your two movies in which Everyone is in the restroom doing something very original. That's hysteric. It is very original, yes. Flushing ashes down the toilet. Um, yeah, definitely. We, we made we In the movie, <laughs> somehow, we made it this really beautiful and endearing, hysterical moment. So, um, uh, yeah, that's funny that, that you're mine. Went to flushing. Yeah, that was that was quite the famous flush. If you haven't seen Captain Fantastic, you should just watch it for the famous flush at the end. Maybe did I give it away? <laughs> In conclusion, this is the famous flush. Thank you, Samantha Isler. Thank you so much. This has been so lovely. These questions have meant so much. And um, it's so fun to talk about uh, these amazing things with someone else that cares about it too. So I feel so honored that you um, are interested in, in what I have to say. And I totally enjoyed our conversation so much. Maybe one day we can do it again. This has been really wonderful. 